This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Wednesday, the 6th of September, 2023. Coming up today, more of your emails and more on the Sense Player from Hims. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, hello, Sean Priest. How are you today? I am absolutely amazing, Stephen Scott. How are you? Lies. It's I, all lies. I feel great. <laughs> Absolutely up for this. That is not what you said three hours ago <laughs> when we sat down to do today's programme. Oh, you know, when, when computers work, they are amazing. And when they don't, I hate them so much. But you know what? It's because we overcomplicate, right? So people come to us and they'll say, hey, I'm thinking of starting a new podcast. What do you recommend? And we always say things like, you know what? Mm. Get yourself like an Audio-Technica microphone, which yes. is like an ATR2100X, which is what I've got. I found this out last night because I looked at my Amazon basket because I was looking for a shop mount for it. <laughs> I was using it yesterday and I realised every single time I put a bottle on the desk, it sounded like the desk exploded. It did, yes, yes. And it occurred to me that it's because there's no shop mount on the mic so there's no way of it It, it's basically it's feeling every movement so that's not great because it's attached on an arm to the desk right so anyway uh, i was looking for that so yeah i found out that that was the microphone and that's the one we generally advise people to buy if you're starting out a new podcast because it's a brilliant microphone it is great for all kinds of applications it's a mic you could use for years it's xlr which means you can connect it to a mixing console or you can connect it directly to your computer with a USB-C port. And it's got a headphone jack in it, so you can even hear the audio back, which is great oh. for us blindies because you can then have your JAWS or your voiceover coming back into your headphones and it's not going back out to the person yep. who you're yep. talking to. So it's like the yep. perfect system. It's amazing, yes. Uh, what do we do? We buy mixing consoles. We buy yes. extra bits, <laughs> outboards. We buy all kinds of stuff. Audio and then, interfaces yeah, and, and mixing then, consoles. And, yeah. and have them all connected at the same time. So yes, yes, we have we have made us. I think we've just made this too complicated for ourselves. To be perfectly honest, when you think about it, it's just two people talking rubbish for an hour. Uh, I mean, um, uh, quality entertainment, quality, quality yes. uh, highbrow, infocation, infocation, infocation. Yes. I like that. Thank you. Yes. Hello, Mister F. <sighs> I've had two we coffees. You. Can you tell? You know what? I am actually feeling great because for the first time in twenty-seven years, <gasps> I am wearing Stephen Scott. Regular fit jeans. Oh, Re- well done. I know. I, and all it took was a year not walking. I tell you what, oh, I feel amazing. It's like two pipe cleaners on the bottom of a boiled egg, but I can actually fit into regular fit. Not comfy fit, not loose fit, not boot cut, but regular fit jeans. Oh, well done. Oh, thank I'm you. Very jealous. Thank you. It took a lot of work slipping on the ice. Honestly, that has been the has been the making of you. I know. I feel great. <laughs> Apart from when it comes to actually moving about or walking. Yes. But other than that, I'm looking good. No muscle tone whatsoever. No, no. Wasted away to nothing. Yeah. But fine. It's funny though, isn't it? Because you um, you do find if you start losing weight that way, you think this is good, and like you say, <laughs> then you can't open a jar of pickles anymore, or yeah. you know, and, and that's a jar that's already been opened and is open. <laughs> you still can't open. Yes. Them. Every cloud, that's the way yeah. I look at it. 
Well, you know, I've been on my tablets now for two weeks and people are asking me, uh, you know, I get emails and, and messages asking about the, the, the side effects because obviously I was telling you about them when, when it came along. The good news is it's all calmed down. Everything is good. And um, I'm going to share with you a little bit more about why I'm taking these tablets, Sean <gasps> Priest, because, you know, I feel, oh. I, I feel I'm holding back a little bit here. You don't have to, Stephen. No, I know, it's but entirely I want to. up to you. I want this to is tell a safe people. space. Well, look, I have to say, can I just say a huge hello, a huge hello to Lena? who is just an absolute star on this programme. Yes, absolutely. Round of applause just for you. I'm going to let that round of applause play all the way out because, of course, it's entirely natural and in no way artificial. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I want to say hello to you because you are an absolute tower of strength to us here and me in particular, I've got to say, because you've been sending in some lovely emails. I mentioned the other day about my Apple Watch falling off my wrist because of, um, let's just say, excessive sweating. (laughs) And uh, she uh, very kindly sent in a message uh, with a link to a product, which I will share with all of you, which is basically a a kind of a, how would you describe it, almost like an elastic type wrist um, strap for the Apple Watch. So instead of it being one that you have to, you know, wrap around your wrist and then tighten or loosen, this is just always tightened on you know it's just it just expands and contracts as you need it yeah it's elasticated but quite comfortable um so thank you for that lena because i've now bought a pack of 10 of these bands wow one for each of your apple watches one for each (laughs) (laughs) every day of the week i've got an apple watch band you know you get them now in these packs right you get packs of them and uh you don't mean obviously they're they're a bit cheaper than well they're a lot cheaper than buying them from apple yes um, mm-hmm. You also have to be a bit careful sometimes on the quality and the material because sometimes it can irritate your skin if you're not careful. We've had yeah, that turns your before. hand green. That's yes. right. But uh, these ones, they have been tested by the great blind public. Have so, they? Uh, yes, Lena. And, oh, yeah. um, well, not Lena, in fairness, not Lena, but uh, a friend of hers. And uh, she said that uh, this was someone who would definitely need them. Uh, or benefit from them, she says. Her words right. are mine. Okay. So, um, yeah. No longer friends. Did, <laughs> did she say, please do not read this out <laughs> about my sweaty friend? So I'm going to send, I'll, I'll share the link with you guys because I think, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, it's hard to know what to buy. Also, it's hard to know sometimes with the different Apple Watch types because there's so many different versions now, it's different sizes. I'm lucky in a way because the Ultra. If it says Ultra in it, I know it's okay. You know, I don't have to worry too much beyond that because Ultra is the, there only is one until yes. next week and then there'll be two. <gasps> Allegedly. Well, yeah, well, I, I'll be honest. I think it's a bit soon for an Ultra too, if I'm honest. It feels like the, the Ultra well, could last another year. There's oh, absolutely. Considering the, the, the price of it, I would expect it to. Well, it will last, even if there's a new one, let's be fair. It will last. Uh, the only point I could see to a Ultra 2 is if there's some new feature in there some new hardware yeah. feature such yeah. as the was it the action button that was new on the ultra mm. first first gen well which was and battery cool. life as well i mean battery life is incredible on it mm, yes okay unless they're going to double hours. up on the battery life then i don't see a need for another well, 36 one. hours yeah and then of oh, course you can, and with the new feature that came in recently an update that takes you to 60 hours i mean come on what do you need yeah no i agree what so, do you need what what do you need <laughs> Exactly. Well, exactly. What do you sorry, it was my my talk my voiceover talk back. How dare I slap myself <laughs> for that? My voiceover was talking over you. Oh, um, I hate that. Yeah, it does all the time, but in fairness, I just get bored listening to you. Um so 
Thank you, Lena, for sending that in. And uh, yes, I just want to say a big thank you to you for that. Because look, yes, I have had issues with my weight for a long time. This is no surprise. But uh, part of the reason I'm taking tablets is to try and reduce my weight. Now, I will say this. You cannot... uh, I'm trying to think of a ancient proverb that's not going to come to mind and I'll end up just making it up. You know, a pill alone cannot salvage a man. Um, Uh, Yep, well done. That's a well-known... Stephen Scott, 2023. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you have to, you know, consider your diet. You have to consider your exercise. And I have been doing all that. I've considered my diet greatly. Um, But, yeah, I've I've been cutting back on all the bad stuff. Um, No chocolate. No crisps, sorry, chips to my Canadian audience. Um, Life's not worth living, is it? <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I meant to be supportive. I think you said that out loud, just so you know, just to clarify. I've just get the record on that, but I think you did say that out loud. Um, but yes, I, I, I've cut back on all that stuff. No more Chinese or chippies or all that kind of stuff. And it just and soft drinks. Get rid of all the soft drinks, all the fizzy juice. Um, it just, it, it, honestly, I feel a lot better. I wouldn't say I feel amazing, but I certainly feel a lot better than I've felt in a long time. And exercising is becoming easier again. So no more bad backs, no more all that. So it's only two weeks and I'm, I'm not attributing it all to the pills, but I think that the pills, some, I think, honestly, it could be a placebo for all I know. But I think it's just the act of taking it, knowing that I'm taking it, and the, there are side effects if you get it wrong, just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been proven already. But, you know, <laughs> we'll not get into that as a family show. Um, did you hear about that plane the other week that had to be pulled, that had to land very quickly because someone had an accident on the plane all over the plane? Did you hear about this? No, and I'm not sure I want to. Okay. Anyway, like I was saying, um, I'm just making <laughs> Where a point. Where were you flying I'm to? Ju- I'm just making a point, <laughs> if you get my point, you see. So you have to be very careful with these tablets. And um, that hasn't happened to me, by the way. But, you know, the good news is that, you know, I'm feeling that by taking them, it's kind of forcing me to stay on track. And I think that's what it is. You know, there's a kind of a, there's a guide, there's guardrails in place. And I think that's... I think I need that, to be perfectly honest. I think we all do at some point in our lives. But yes. Yeah. It's time to grow up, Sean Priest. I'm 42 and I'm not getting any younger. Exactly right, Stephen Scott. Now, honestly, it, it, they could be, even if they were just sugar pills, right? It's the fact yeah. that you've decided, I want to I I make that change, as Jackson said. So, yeah, I'm no, good make on a you. change. Oh, sorry, that's Scottish. Sean Connery, Jackson. Um, <laughs> yes, that's very, very good. Well done. And Thank you're you. using an app as well, uh, we oh, were yes. talking about earlier, to am, track yeah, your calories. Well, to track the calories, but what you do is, it's an app called MyFitnessPal, which is accessible-ish. There's a lot of it that isn't accessible, and some mm. of it's actually quite important, some of the bits. Like, for example, if you add a food in and it says, this food is high in saturated fat, or this food is low in saturated fat, it won't tell you that. But it is on screen, so that's kind of irritating. Um the app setup was okay. The you know adding items to the. I mean, I love the fact that you can add things by barcode. You can just type in something; it will remember your meals. You can just, if you're having the same thing each day, you can just add it on. And basically, what it does is it gives you a calorie count, and it will tell you how many calories you should have based on your weight and based on everything else. And then it will tell you right, okay, you're aiming for this because what by all accounts, what you're aiming for is what's called a calorie. What do they call it? A calorie deficiency? Deficit. deficit. Yes, that's it. Calorie, de- not deficiency. That's different. No. Um, that sounds bad. I keep saying calorie deficiency. And everyone just wonder what I'm talking about. <laughs> calorie deficit. That's what I mean. I have to go back now to all those people. Uh, but yeah, calorie deficit, which means basically you're burning more than you're putting in. I think that's right. 
I'm not yeah, entirely. Yeah, no, that's right. No, absolutely. And the thing with tracking it, because it sounds like, oh, that's just so much hassle. But as you said, I used to use that app a while back. And just the ability to scan barcodes on things made it so easy. You didn't have to find out and try and uh, what's the percentage of fat in this packaging by reading the information on it. Yes. You just scan the barcode and it does it. And just doing that, it used to say, yeah, okay, I won't take another packet of chips I will, because I know that's 600. It does force you to take account rather than saying, oh, I'm not bothered if you're not tracking. I, I would eat a six pack of crisp or chips easily. <laughs> and it does. It just gives you that information to hand and you can take action on it. It does actually make a difference. I don't mind saying this. I one we, we did a bit of a calculation of what I would eat. And I worked out that I was probably taking in about 6,000 calories a day. Yes, and what's the recommendation? Uh, it's two and around a half. two and a half thousand, isn't it? Yeah. And if you want to go on a diet, you need to go less than that. Yeah. So what does that tell you? And now I'm on less than 2,000 a day. And that's not actually by design. That's by the fact that I'm eating a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner. I've got my snacks. They're healthy snacks. They're all accounted for. And... I'm not hungry at the end of the day. I'm not sitting there going, I want more. And I'm not having those ridiculous mood swings that you have when you drink too much coffee. I mean, coffee is another thing. It's funny. I talked to the doctor about this and I said, is coffee, <laughs> I can't believe I said this to a doctor. I said, is coffee a bad thing? And then she said to me, I'm on my 12th. You tell me. Um, <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, that's right. You're a doctor. That's right. Um, probably the worst person to ask. But she said, no, look, coffee's not your problem. She said, everything else is your problem. She said, you're eating too much of all the wrong things. And it's as simple as that. And you know, that is it. A diet is simply that. Just eat, you know, eat good food, eat plenty of it, stay within your calories and exercise some. That's it. I mean, really, that is, you know, they always try and sell you these big plans. I have just created, I should just have written a book and put Please out there. Please don't. Yeah, the and I could have made an absolute diet. fortune. The double tap handbook to dieting. The double tap diet. Oh, my God. The double tap di DTD. I like that. There we go. We'll work on that. But no, I'm, I, I'm not interested in becoming one of those people, right? Because, I, you know, there's nothing worse, is there? There's people who've lost a lot of weight and they just go on about it all the time. Um, the key to anything is it, can you sustain it? Right, because you, yeah. you're so keen and eager for the first couple of weeks, and then, you know. But you know what? I think part of it, for me anyway, and it's not, this is me, is just because I needed to find the alternatives. That was the issue that was always plaguing me. I would, I would always start, like you say, with the best of intentions. But then what happens is you you fail because you feel you're constantly being told you can't have something. You know, you can't have that cake. You can't have that biscuit. And actually, you can. You just have to have, a, a, you know. Just not six packets. I always say it's a bit like being an alcoholic or any kind of addict. It's not the first that's the problem. It's the 20 ones that follow. So, you know, if I have a biscuit, one biscuit, I'm not going to have just one biscuit. I'm going to have the packet of biscuits. Yes. That's the problem. If I could just have one. So what I've decided to do is, just not have the biscuits at the moment. Just keep them out of my way because I know one is never going to be enough because it just gives me the taste. And then, and, and you know, you think back, you think, you know, I eat this stuff and am I even enjoying it? Is it just habit? Is it just a thing you're watching TV or you're, you know, listening to a book or whatever it is you're doing? And stuffing it's suddenly just stuffing it. But it's just the action. I feel like I just stick a fidget toy in my hand and I'll just, you know, play with that instead. <laughs> Absolutely true. I had the same thing with smoking. Yeah, exactly. That. Anything like that. Yeah. Just feel antsy is the word, I suppose. You just feel like I'm missing. I should be doing something. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll pass. 
Why, are we still on air? This sounds like a, a personal conversation. Don't share it's, too it, much, it, Stephen Scott. No, I, I wanted people to know because, you know, I think it's, it's you know, I've, I've been doing this myself for a little while. You know about it because I've told you about it, obviously. And uh, my wife, she definitely knows about it because she's having to suffer the consequences of it. But um, <laughs> but she's she's happy about it because she knows that I'm taking it seriously. And I think, you know, I, I sit here and, and rave about personal accountability and personal responsibility all the time. And then I come off air and sort of fill my face with chocolate and think, well, hang on, how's that being personally responsible? I'm not being very responsible for myself. So yeah, I maybe need to take my own advice and actually just focus on, on health. Because look, at the end of the day, you know, you can you can ride that train for so long, but I think there comes a point where it catches up on you. I will say though, a big thank you to Tim Dixon because he and I had the last ever KFC together. Well, I did anyway. I don't oh, know wow. But, Is there uh, some sort of ceremony? Yeah, that's right. yeah, I think that I think we're closing down at the end of the month. I think that's it. I think just my my Chinese restaurants called to check I'm okay. I actually did get a call, in all seriousness, from the local store I used to buy chocolate from. They did ask if everything was okay because I hadn't heard from it in a while. I used to go to a, a fried chicken uh, takeaway. <laughs> oh God, this is terrible. And they used to say. Hello, Mr. Greedy. My oh, name was my Mr. Goodness. Greedy. Unbelievable. I should have been offended, but of course I wasn't. I just ordered more. My nickname back in the day when I started in radio, what, and I thought this was amazing, I, I, my nickname was Muffin Man. Oh, I can guess. Okay. And it was because of my love of chocolate muffin, in particular chocolate muffins, or alternatively, uh, strawberry and white chocolate, if you're asking. Oh, white chocolate. That's a disgrace. It is an absolute yourself. disgrace. But, you know, I mean, I had to say that the strawberry did add something to it. Anyway, that aside, let's not think about that, because I'm trying not to think about chocolate. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that was my nickname, was Muffin Man. And I got off a train one day, and the guy shouted out, Hey, Muffin Man! And I thought I was famous. I felt like I'd made it. I felt like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> There's a name I, I think I know who he is. Was he in Batman? Wow. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought I was famous. And it was just in case name. you had a muffin stuck to your back. Probably, yeah. I was probably covered in it. Hey, man, muffin. You're covered in a muffin. He said muffin, man. So, well, yeah, that look, tells you all you need to know. After all that, that lovely uh, sharing we just did. Yes. Uh, I did like how we shoehorned some tech in there, because let's not forget, this is a tech show, honestly. Um, with the, I, think, uh, I think we're app. past that, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not giving this up. I'm going to keep saying we are a tech show, honestly. Are we? Are we, though? That's, yes. that's the new tagline for for this season. Are we are a we? tech show? Are we, <laughs> really? <your> <laughs> um, oh. Anyway, let, let's get back to the tech. Um, and I wanted to start with an email. I start, wanted to start somewhere in here. This is the beginning. Um, I wanted to start with a voicemail from Negative Julian. I mentioned it yesterday on the show, and we were having this whole conversation about who gets started with tech and how you get started with tech. And we've had a bit of a back and forward on this about, you know, which is best. Is it specialist or mainstream, touchscreen versus keyboard, all that kind of thing. Well, Negative Julian weighed in on this and uh, yeah, I just thought we, we should just listen in. So here is Negative Julian, as always, in his true and wonderful form. Hello, Stephen, Sean and Laura. I hope you're all come back from your holidays thoroughly refreshed and ready for the fray. The reason I'm calling is that just before you all went off on your holes, Greg from Pennsylvania sent in a voicemail, as part of which he voiced the opinion that a smartphone was not a suitable device for somebody who did not already have braille or keyboard skills. 
And this instantly struck me as being a thoroughly illogical argument. I, I couldn't get it at all. Uh, sorry, Greg, correct me if you will. But in what way does having Braille skills help you learn a smartphone? The other way around, yes. If you're happy with a smartphone, you may then want to go on to investigate the possibilities of using Braille input, but not the other way around. Similarly with keyboard skills, surely if you've got no hardware, no tech skills and no pre-existing keyboard skills and you were offered the opportunity to either have a laptop or a smartphone, you'd go for the smartphone because with a smartphone you don't need to learn to touch type first. To use a laptop efficiently you really got to know your way around a keyboard haven't you so i don't follow the logic of greg's argument at all there sorry but it made me think about a whole attitude of mind that seems to be very prevalent and crop up over and over again but it seems to me that much of the argument we hear within the blind community is from the people who have been sight impaired for a long time, who were born or soon became that way. We have this underlying assumption that if you've got a few grey hairs, you don't understand technology and you must be absolutely terrified of it. Well, I'm sure that's true of a few people. Um, I couldn't put numbers to it. I've no idea. Perhaps you can. But if, they, if that's the case, then certainly they should be given every help to uh, learn to use tech, every encouragement, because it is enormously useful in everyday life. One of the few advantages of being blind in the 21st century is all this technology that was never available in the past. So, yes, but having said that, I would suggest that's a small minority and a shrinking minority. Uh, again, speaking from my own experience, my first contact with a computer was back in the 1970s when I went to college to do business studies. It's a, a bit of a false start because the computer we're talking about here was a single big machine in an air-conditioned room. And yes, it did accept input from punched cards. I am that old. So that's a bit of a false start. But having said that, I then went on to work in a building society and we were getting our first primitive com uh, computers uh, by the early 80s. My first personal computer was a Sinclair Spectrum, about 83, 84, I think it was, followed by a Sinclair QL, followed by an Atari STE. And by the mid-1990s, I got my first PC, primitive affair, but I got it. I mean, computers are everywhere and have been for 20, 30 years. So I would suggest that the number of people who haven't encountered technology is small and growing ever smaller. Smartphones have been around since, what, 2010 or something? and became popular very quickly so lots of people have experience with smartphones 
So I'm not decrying the people who struggle with all this stuff. They, they need all the help they can get. I'm all for it. But the idea that seems to be put about that if you've got a few wrinkles, you must be scared of technology is, I think, absolutely absurd. It's nonsense. Um, so I think there's a bit of a false debate goes on about this, and it's dominated by people who have a very specific point of view because they have been blind for a very long time and possibly went to blind schools and all this sort of thing. This is not the experience of the vast majority of blind and seriously sight impaired people. I mean, it just isn't. And I think because we're a bit quiet, we don't really get a mention. And I just wanted to put that forward, really. But anyway, I've been rattling on far too much, haven't I? So... <laughs> For now, this is Negative Julian saying uh, cheerio and uh, hope you have a good time. Bye for now. Thank you, Negative Julian. And uh, to your first point, yes, we are refreshed after our holidays. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, a really, really interesting perspective on this, I think, Sean, because I think you have really hit on something here, Julian. I really do. This it's kind of where I've been coming from for a while, but I think you've articulated it much better because that's this has been my argument that there's often this this position put out there that people who are older don't know tech. Um, and I've often followed that by saying it's not relevant to age, first off. But I think going further than that, I think you're right. I think there's more people who have... you know who are getting older, who may be having issues with vision, getting to the point where they've become legally blind or you know the vision is just getting so bad that they do know tech the problem is not with knowing the tech the problem is getting access to the information to know how to use tech as a blind person that's the that's the barrier and the mistake is made i think that people think that because you're blind or because you're putting the age next to it you can't ever use this tech and of course that's nonsense with training, you can, and the problem is there's not that there's not that much of it. You know, if there are, it's very pocketed. You know, there's parts of the world where you can get lots of support, and other parts you get very little support, if any. And then some people just listen to people like us and hope we can help them along. Yeah, um, but I, I do think that's a really interesting point. My experience has always been older people know more about, and you know, people I've experienced who are going blind later in life often very quickly pick up this smartphone technology. So I think it's a bit of a myth. I just want to say one more thing on this. I don't think it's just people who are totally blind. I know where you're coming from with this. People who are totally blind have this view. I don't think it's exclusive to totally blind people. I think sighted people have this view. And I think that has been what's driven, has driven the conversation now for a long time. Because that's what I feel, certainly in the UK, from a charitable perspective, Often charities will put the, push this this argument. I used to hear it a lot. I agree. You know, where it's a case, of, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, older people don't understand tech. They don't know tech. They don't use tech. So, you know, they don't, they don't know what an Amazon Echo is. And it's like absolute nonsense, absolute garbage. There's no truth to that. You're putting, you're putting ability above cost and availability to learn. You're putting that above all that. And those things yes. are actually more important because if you can't afford an Amazon Echo, then that is a barrier. But that's nothing to do with your ability to use it. That means you just can't afford it. And if you've no resource on how to learn how to use it as a blind person, then that might be a barrier. But that, again, has nothing to do with ability. 
I agree. Not much to add to that. I think you're absolutely right. I tell you where I see this a lot is, and I'm hoping this is changing, and I think it is, I hope it is, is I spent a lot of time in the eye hospital for, for many different reasons, and I would see these, um, what they would call them, low vision clinics and, and things like this, and they would often, I've overheard this myself, it, it, you know, you need to use this device. And it's simply not the case that because you're blind, you need specialized adaptive equipment. That's not to say there isn't a need for that. Of course there is. But we're in a different position now. It what it used to be the case before accessibility came along. Of course it did. But it's no longer the case that we need to use something specialized, something more expensive, something adapted to a specific disability. You can do, but there's no specific need to. Anyway. Yeah, because if you're coming from, if you're an older person today who's been blind all your life, you'll have learned to do things in a very specific way that suits you. And you've been able to, you know, gain a lot of skill doing all this. And therefore, you know, and I've said this as well for many years that blind people, I think, are generally way more technically advanced than anyone else because we kind of have to be to keep up. To be aware of society, to keep, I mean, especially today with, with the way technology operates, we have to be upfront. There's no way. We can't just sit back and say, I'm not interested in technology when you're blind because you would be completely cut off from society. You have to be involved in it. You have to know about it. It's, it's part of everyday life. It's not just about social media. But yeah, that is important as well because look what happened when the pandemic hit. The amount of people who were cut off. Absolutely. So they, but, but those blind people were calling up organizations and saying, I need help to do this. They weren't saying, I don't know. They, well, they were saying, I don't know how to do it, but they were saying, I don't, I need help on how to do it. It's not that I'm incapable of it. I just need to know yes. what the process is. And that, by the way, applies to everybody. That's not yes, exclusive not. to blind people. No, it isn't. Absolutely. How many people right. do you know that have worked in offices? I know so many people who are completely illiterate when it comes to using computers and they're fully sighted and there's no reason really other than lack of interest. Yeah. I mean, how many of you listening right now are the tech go-to guy or lady <laughs> for um, for your family, for the rest yeah. of the family? You know, I, I always get calls um, because I'm interested in it. So it's as simple as that. Um, listen, stick around. We're going to get into uh, more on this in, in coming days, but I think that's a great conversation starter. Uh, for all of us, um, and I, I really look forward to hearing your thoughts on this, in particular, Greg in Pennsylvania, who's probably furiously uh, typing an email as we speak. But uh, <laughs> I, I do want to open this up to debate. I think it's a really interesting conversation. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also get in touch with us uh, by voicemail, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. That is our listener line. You can leave a voicemail there and we'll play it out on the air. Stick around, though, because next I talk to Jason Fair, He's the guy, if you remember, uh, from Toronto who got the Sense Player from Hims a while back. And uh, he's back on the show with us to tell us about some new features and also just to tell us overall what he thinks about the Sense Player. That's coming up next on Double Tap. This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. 
Now, last week, I got the chance to catch up with Jason Fair from uh, Toronto. Now, he bought himself one of these shiny new Sense players from Hims. It's very similar in design to the Victor Reader Stream 3rd Gen that we were talking about with Lucy on yesterday's show. But it's got a lot more features to it. But the question is, are those features good, useful, or could they even be a hindrance, potentially? Well, we'll get into all of this with uh, Jason. And uh, I started off by asking him just generally how he's finding the device. You know, it's going really well. Um, I'm really, uh, I'm still really happy I bought it. Um, the, uh, especially with the new firmware, uh, the new, uh, the new, the new release that came out a few weeks ago is going really well. It's uh, the, the new Android support is, is quite cool. It allows you to actually install Android apps on the device. So you can now get access to things like audible, uh, which we didn't have before. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going well. Um, and that's and that's with its own screen reader now built in, right? So how does that work? Yeah, so what, the way it works is you they sort of have a list of apps that they've kind of curated and and you know may uh, know to work well with the Sense Player because it's it's a very scaled back screen reader, so it doesn't have all the functionality of TalkBack. Um, although there's some, there's some people in the community that have been poking around with this, and it looks like it actually might be TalkBack, essentially, uh, but it's sort of a, um, a very much uh, reduced functionality version of TalkBack. And so all you have access to is sort of the keypad on the device and the you know left, right, up, and down arrows. So you don't have things like Explore by Touch, for example, like you would have on an Android phone, right, where you can just move around the touch screen. Hmm. So they've got a list of apps that they know to work. So there's like uh, Bard Mobile, which is the uh, national library service in the States. And then there's Audible, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Netflix, interestingly enough. Mm, um, okay. I, haven't, I haven't installed that one yet, but, but there is Netflix. Um, and I think there's like 11 or 12 apps. Uh, Pandora, uh, a few others. And so you basically, you, in the main menu of the player, you go under something called All Apps, and then there's an app installer link there. And so then you can go install one of their apps. Now, if you're feeling adventurous, um, you can actually install any app that you can get what's called the APK file for. So the APK file is like the app you know, installer file. So the, the, it's important to note that the player is not connected or certified to the play store so you can't just you know go to the play store and you know on the app and download anything you want um that being said though there are um app uh, there are websites that you can go to and basically you can find a link on the play store paste it into this website and it will essentially give you the download link for the app or it'll it'll download the app to you as an apk file um, once you have that, you can put it on the player and install it. So, for example, um, I installed VLC Media Player, uh, which is not the, you know, which is not one of their sort of um, curated apps, uh, and it basically worked. Uh, I, what I wanted it for was I've got a, a, a network attached storage box here that has all my media stuff on it, and I wanted to be able to access that from the Sense Player. Um, it's not the absolute best solution. I'm looking for something you know, that's a little better, but 
I was able to actually actually get into you know get into VLC, plug in all my player um, my network touch storage information, and actually get something playing off it, which is which is uh, you know pretty cool. I mean, it's, it sounds pretty cool. Obviously, what you're talking about is something which would certainly be for more of an intermediate or advanced user, right? I mean, most people are not going to do that. And in a sense, that's quite good about what HIMS have done here with this. They've kind of walled it off a little bit so that people can feel comfortable knowing that the apps they download are usable. But at the same time, those who want to be a bit more adventurous can be. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I like that. Like, I'm a, I'm a techie, right? Like, I, I love playing with stuff and knowing how it works and, and all that. But, you know, if all you want to do is, you know, download their you know, the, the 10 or 12 apps, and I'm sure they'll add more, um, you know, that they've sort of certified, then then absolutely. Um, I will say that, um, just sort of full disclosure, the screen reader is not the most responsive in the world. Um, I've, you know, when you're moving around between elements on a in an app, it is a little sluggish. Um, and again, this is version one of the screen reader, right? This is the first, it's firmware version two, but the old firmware didn't have, the screen reader in it. So I'm sure they'll, you know, I'm sure they'll improve it, but I, but I have noticed that navigating through elements, it can, can feel a little sluggish. Um, but like I said, I'm sure they'll improve that. Uh, but even just getting access to the audible app, like the, the, which is one of the apps that they, you know, that they provide is really great, right? Because up until now you'd have to, you'd have to, you know, convert the audible book. If you wanted to play it on the sense play, there was no other way to do it. Yeah. Um, and the kind but, of support that Audible, although it currently isn't available on the new Victor Reader Stream 3, um, it will likely become available at some point. That kind of support where you can authorize the device and then download the books direct to, in, in that case, the Victor Reader, you won't be able to do with hymns. Yeah, so you would need the Audible. And essentially, you're not, you don't even need to, like, because it's you're, you're actually installing the Audible app from Android. Yeah, this is the official one. Right, exactly. So, so you don't, you know, what I mean, they don't need to go down that route now. Yeah. I sort of wish they would, in some ways, because you know, it's 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 not it's not as as seamless an experience of listening to an audible book as it is, you know, to listen to something from your media player or Daisy player. Um, you know, you do have to go into the Audible app. You do have to sign into it. Um, yes, yeah, so tell me through this because I'm trying to figure this out in my head. I, I've got and I've been playing with the Capsus Smart Vision Three, and mm. this sounds like the closest example I can think of to the Sense Player at the moment, where you've got in this case a full Android experience. Blind Shell might be a better example, but let's let's go with it. So you know I've got my arrow keys up, down, select button in the middle, left, right up button as well, and a back button and a home button. And I've got the T9 keypad, and that's how I'm yep. navigating this device. And I've turned the touchscreen off because I don't feel the desire for it. But it's a full Android phone, and when I go into an app, I would sign in, and I'm basically just moving through the elements with the arrow keys. And then if I want to select a text field, I can, and I can enter in text. Is it the same thing? Yeah, very, very similar. Um, so you've got, as you said, you've got up, down, left, right arrows, you know, button in the center. Uh, there's, on the keypad, uh, it's... Um, uh, hopefully I get this right. Like number one and number seven move to the top and bottom of the of the screen. Okay. And then number three and number nine let you sort of scroll. If you're in like a list, for example, in Audible, if you're in a list of your books, three and nine will sort of scroll the screen uh, by larger 
larger increments. Um, and then, like I said, the center button is your select, and the the got a back button as well. So it's essentially exactly what you described. Um, so if you're you know plugging in your uh, credentials for Audible. You have to do that through the T9 keypad uh, and you know, use an um, email address, password, all that. So it's it's a little, you know, it's not exactly a fast <laughs> solution like the, the way the way you have to the way you have to do it. But once it's done, it's done. And you're saying you it's sluggish, have- but you know, when you're moving through the elements, what are we talking? Maybe half a second here. I mean, you know, we all know how it feels to use a an Android smartphone or an iPhone where you. You know, you do feel it's snappy, it's responsive, and I guess anything less than, or even more than, you know, half a second. Well, half a second is quite a lot, actually. But you know that that would feel that would feel sluggish, right? Yeah, and and I'd yeah, I'd say it's something like that, like a quarter second, half second. Um, like it, I think it depends on the type of element you're moving on to. Um, I've you know when I've been sort of navigating through apps, I've seen sometimes the lags a little more than others, uh, but it's not, I mean, it's certainly not unusable and it's not like I'm using this for, you know, my, you know, I'm not trying to get my work done on this. It's, it's for reading books. This or is leisure. Other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, it's not, you know, the delay isn't going to kill me. I'd like to see them speed it up a bit, but it's not, uh, it's not the end of the world. As a Mac user, I found that different voices sometimes give you better reaction. Uh, better latency, which is weird, right? I mean, you would think they'd all be the same, but I guess the more natural the voice, the more uh, breath that surrounds it, and therefore it takes, a, it feels as if anyway, it takes a little bit longer to respond, whereas something like Eloquence just goes for it, you know? Does it run Eloquence? <laughs> I you it know, I, I, think, I, think it, I think it can. It could, um, yeah, I'm sure I, it could. I, I, there, was a, there's a clip of somebody playing around with this on... Um, uh, was on Mastodon, and they had Eloquence running for something. So I don't exactly know what they did, and I I, I meant to reach out to the guy and ask him how he did it. Uh, but I think it's I think it's possible. Again, not through their stuff. I think you have to sort of hack it. <laughs> um, does that but, affect warranty or anything? Does that affect support? If you start doing all that, not that I know about. I mean, I think you know if you install your own thing and tell them it's not working. They'll probably tell you that's nice, you know, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, no, I don't. I'm not aware of. It. I mean, if you if you if you screw it up really badly, you just reflash the firmware, right? Um, okay. You know, or do a reset on it. So, um, I and I I do plan on on digging a bit deeper into it. I don't. I'm typically an iPhone guy, so I don't. I don't know all the ins and outs of Android like some do. Um, so, but I do, I do plan on, you know, when I have a little bit of extra time, whenever that happens, um, <laughs> doing, uh, you know, digging into it a bit deeper. Like I know somebody was able to, through kind of a roundabout way, they were able to actually get into the Android settings, like the actual normal settings screen that you would find in Android. Um, and that's how they found out that the, the, we're suspecting that the, uh, the him screen reader is actually a, uh, scaled back talkback. Um, so they were able to sort of dig in there, but I, yeah, I haven't, I plan to, I just haven't done it yet. And we've seen examples of this before. Uh, you know, I, I think about voice view, for example, on Amazon's fire stick. I mean, that's fire OS, which is a fork of Android, right? So you know, it's all just versions of the same thing and, and different uh, interpretations of it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, all the infrastructure is there. I mean, there, there'd be no reason for, for hims to write their own screen reader. No. Like it's all you know, it's all there. So 
they can just use what's already what's already in there. Um, so overall, uh, because it's been a while since we last spoke, and when you got we. I think we talked just after you got the sense player. Yes. You were quite excited at that point. Yeah. Um, aside the screen reader and the the download function, <laughs> let's talk about the other features because to me those would be classed in my mind anyway as the main reasons to buy the device. Yes, this is an additional and rather nice option, but I, I wonder how. Well, two things I wonder. I guess I wonder how this interacts or how this whole ecosystem works now. You've got the screen reader, you've got the ability to go get apps, but then you've got those general functions as well. How does it all work together? I'm, you know, when I switch it on in the morning, what am I getting? Am I getting that screen reader? Am I getting a different voice to navigate it? Well, uh, it's, well it's all the same voice. Um, so when you, through the, through the, uh, the unit, you can pick which voice you want to use and it's all the, uh, the vocalizer voices that we all know, you know, Samantha and, and, all the rest of them. Um, so whatever voice you've picked is kind of the voice you get. Um, when you bring up the player, it's it's still got the same main menu, you know, file manager, Daisy player, media player, all that. And it just if you keep going down through the menu, there's something called all apps. And if you go into all apps, that's your Android stuff. So that so under all apps, then you get Audible and you know Bard Mobile and whatever whatever else you've installed. Oh, Dolphin Easy Reader. I forgot about that one. That one's in there. But I think the uh, thing that's confusing me is so this mobile screen reader came out recently in yes. this new firmware update. So what was on it before? How did you hear the op- the options before? This is what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to understand the connection between the screen reader and that OS experience. You know that that general user experience you're having before the screen reader came along. I think I think it was just its own sort of built-in self-voicing, you know, uh, menu system. Like I think they just built. A, I mean, I think it's all. I mean, the, the player is all Android. Like the the entire player is Android, but they just sort of locked you into this, you know, sort of pre-built system that they had, um, where it wasn't a screen reader in in the same sense as you're like navigating by element. It's all menu-driven and. You know, just responding to key presses and stuff. So, you, so it was, it was just, you know, kind of like the Victor Stream, right? Yeah, like yeah. That, but that, from that, your that, point of view, you're not noticing a difference, really. It's not like you feel there's some kind of change when you go into that menu. I, I'll give you an example, right? So, if I'm using the Apple TV, and yep. I, I, this may have changed recently, but you know, I remember when I used to go into the the Prime Video app, it used a different voice and clearly yes. a different screen reading uh, way of doing things. I think it was his own screen reader actually that seemed to have on that app, uh, which was different to what I was used to with voiceover. So is yes. there a kind of noticeable clunk when you, when you change? There, Well, there is, yeah. So right. so if, if you change from sort of its built-in, you know, Daisy Player, Media Player apps to the um, – because in its own app, it's all the, all, all the apps are sort of uh, – like its built-in apps are very sort of – they all sort of follow the same formula – you know, the way you access menus is the same. The way you navigate through them is the same. Um, and when you get it, when you go into the Android side, your your voice, like the actual voice you're hearing doesn't change. But the way you interact with apps is, is has changed, right? Because if yeah. you open the Audible app, now you're hitting the left and right arrow to navigate through, you know, the your library. And, and it, 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 has, it has a feel of a, of a smartphone app at that point. Whereas if you're navigating through their sort of built-in apps, um, you know it feels like a Victor Stream or a, or a sensor or a book sensor, whatever. Oh, yeah. Like it, yeah. you know what I mean. So that's that's sort of the big the big difference. And 
what I like, I mean, the other, aside from the Android stuff, uh, what I like about the new firmware is they've fixed a whole whack of things. Um, there's there was a there was a fair number of bugs as 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 I hear the initial Victor Stream firmware has. Um, yeah. You know, this firmware was no was no different. Uh, there was some fairly annoying issues around book playback where it wouldn't remember if you were reading a book and then you went to another book and then you went back to the original book, it didn't remember your place. Um, so it does, it does now. Um, and there were some issues around time navigation, like jumping through time that weren't working quite right. And there was a fairly annoying issue where if you, if you turned off the player, like full on, uh, not put it into sleep mode, but if you actually powered it off um, and then powered it back on with headphones plugged in, it actually the it would start playing audio out of the internal speakers and the headphones at the same time, um, and they fixed that. So it's I think you know as far as new features go, the the main new feature I'd say is the Android uh, you know connectivity, but the I really like how much they've just polished it, and cleaned it up, which is as as you'd expect. You haven't mentioned much about the Connect feature to your smartphone. Is that something you're using? I'm I'm not. Um, and I and, and for d- people the, who don't know, sorry, I should explain this. Uh, uh, people are <coughs> you, well. You're able to with the device connect it via Bluetooth, and you can control your phone a bit like a Bluetooth keyboard. Um, but it has other capabilities beyond that, right? Right. So you can actually um, like navigate voiceover on your phone. You can dial. You, you can dial your. Um, dial your keypad you know if you if you um if you use to dial phone numbers you can sort of use it as an external keypad uh, you know i don't that's not why i bought the device uh for smart connect I've, i mean obviously i'm interested in it but it's not something i'm finding myself using and i and i mean full disclosure i don't use an external keyboard at all with my phone um i just don't you know when i'm carrying around my phone I don't necessarily want to be carrying around like I don't use a braille display with the phone either. I have a braille display, but I don't use it with my phone. Um, I just I don't know for whatever reason I've just never got into that, you know, uh, that mode of, of using external devices with my phone because I just want to use my phone. Um, yeah. So I just I, I, they they have done uh, some updates to Smart Connect. I think it's mainly just bu- just again just bug um, bug fixes. Uh, but I honestly I haven't done a ton with it. Um, I just, it's not a feature I find myself needing. So overall, how's it going? Uh, with the player's great. Um, like I said, it, it's, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really happy I bought it. it. It's, it's not the cheapest player out there. Um, I, and again, for people that, rem- that don't remember, I did not buy the OCR version. Mm. Uh, I just didn't see a need for it. Um, the, you know, I've got really good OCR on my phone, character recognition, so I didn't necessarily need it in my media player. Um, you know, being able to install things like, you know, you know, Google Lookout or, you know, see, you know, uh, be my eyes or something on it might might have been cool with the camera, um, especially because I've got access to the be my AI now, which is absolutely mind blowing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so good, isn't it? It is. Um, so. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really quite happy with it. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's a really, it's a really good device. So here's the final question: Would you recommend it? I would. Um, I would say it's, it is geared possibly to somebody who is a little more technical. 
um, especially with the Android navigation. It's going to take some getting used to. Um, but I, I mean, the player, it's responsive. It's, you know, it works really well. I think, I think the Victor Stream interface is possibly a little, a little easier to navigate and a little easier easier to learn. Um, but that's always sort of been its uh, its strong point uh, for somebody who doesn't necessarily want all the bells and whistles. Um, but uh, no, I love it. It's great. Thank you to Jason Fair for catching up with me last week. Uh, that is Jason from Toronto talking about his experience of the Sense Player from Hims. And if you want to share your thoughts, keep them coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call one 877 803 Sean is back with me. And uh, before we go, Sean, I want to bring in a couple of emails that we got. Uh, mm. One that's, I think, aimed at you uh, here. So I want to play this. Oh. And this is from Bev. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Hooray for Sean for being daring to say I'm blind to get a new washer. Where I live, the disabled have privileged parking. Obviously, I don't drive, but my wife does. We have dedicated parking for those who have a disabled permit showing. A local branch of a blind agency wrote a letter to their municipality suggesting that the blind didn't qualify for such a permit since they didn't drive. I immediately went to my local government where, without any question, I received a letter contrary to the letter on file in the city office. My thought process is that I'm already compromised by not being able to drive, so when the government says I'm disabled, then so be it. The other thing I do when meeting new people is that I'm upfront about being blind. My blindness soon becomes apparent, so I just go with the flow, come what may. Isn't life great? Keep up the good work. Listening is enjoyable and thought-provoking. Bev in Canada. Oh, thank you, Bev. Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, it was a bit of a throwaway remark that I made about you know, I'm blind, reminding the person on the phone, hey, I'm blind, Uh, simply for the fact that it meant that I got around or I got out of having to fill out a load of forms to get my insurance sorted for my washing machine. Uh, But I recognise that it's, it's tricky because I'm always outraged when someone says, oh, you're not capable of doing this because you're blind, you know, because of your disability. They, they sort of put a limit on your capabilities. And because of that, I sort of recognise, oh, actually, but I'm sort of playing into that stereotype, aren't I? I don't think it's the same as this case when it comes to parking. But um, in, in my case with the form filling, I can't possibly do that. I'm blind. Um, it, it, it does feel... I shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, you know what? I'm also human. And um, if my disability could make my life simpler in some areas, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing. No. Uh, I want to mention just one more or bring in one more email from Sharon on uh, the topic that, uh, that I brought up recently. Just to follow up to your conversation about using a wheelchair in airports, etc. I have travelled through airports alone and with friends and family members. I found that using a chair, even though I'm perfectly capable of walking, has reduced my travelling stress level dramatically. It took a long time for me to get there, but by using the wheelchair assistance, my travel companions do not have to assist me while they are themselves trying to manoeuvre through security, etc. The first time I tried it, I was amazed at how relaxed I felt on the way back home from the airport. Another option, of course, is to have the assistant just walk me through security and to the gate or baggage. I do have a tech question. It is a tech show, after all. I am somewhat reluctant to use Apple Pay while shopping. Can you guys talk about that in a little more detail? I'm always afraid my screen will go into saver mode during the process. Usually, when I'm in the airport, as I'm checking in, I just have to show my passport and the boarding pass is printed out for me. No kiosk. 
I enjoy listening to your show. Keep up the good work. Sharon in Detroit. Well, look, the music started, so Sharon, can I come back to your question tomorrow, please? I will definitely answer that tomorrow <laughs> on the show because we are out of time. And, you know, he will be on the phone. Yeah, any minute now saying, come on, move out of the way. Get off. There's far more important people need to get this studio and uh, get on the air. Uh, thank you so much for all your emails. You, you talk about the show being thoughtful, but it's you guys that really do make it thoughtful and uh, and really thought-provoking as well. So I really do appreciate it. Keep those comments coming. Uh, Sean, you're back with me tomorrow. And then on Friday, I'm not here Friday. Michael Babcock <gasps> will be in the chair with you. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking a day off because I have a, a conference show. to go to. Oh, yeah. look at you, out and about, yes. <laughs> it's a disgrace, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, we'll talk more tomorrow. Cheers, Sean. Bye-bye. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.